Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30. Before we, we read the word of the Lord, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I ask you in Jesus' name that you open our eyes to see and open our ear to hear your word. Show us Christ through the preach of your word. That's my prayer in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am, I am gentle and lowly heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. After I give thanks to God for the gracious benefit of revealing the truth to his little one in verses before, Jesus declares one of the most beautiful invitations that any human being can hear. However, this invitation is endowed with authority. Three verbs express this invitation. Come, take, and learn. It is important to say that these three words, which were originally written in Greek, are in the imperative form. Then, it is not only a simple invitation, but it is an efficient and powerful invitation, where those who hear this calling will not be able to reject. And why not? Because they will inevitable be drawn into the arms of God, of the good and supreme shepherd. First, come. This is a sovereign calling. Jesus said, come. This is the voice of the Lord, which call his people into salvation. Indeed, only those who belong to God will listen his voice. As the Bible says in John 10, And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So they will be one flock, one shepherd. Therefore, brothers... This invitation will be answered for those who are reached by him. This call will be irresistible for his sheep. The reason is that who is calling is the very son of God. He's the only one who has the power to break the chains of sin. He's the only one who can lift the weight of sin that is upon us. He's the only one. Notice this. This calling is for those who labor and are heavy laden. But what, what does that mean? First, some think it, it would be the oppression made by Rome at that time. For example, through, through high taxes, uh, their cultural influence, their political decision, and so on. Second, the misinterpretation of religions leaders would have established some 
religious obligations that were so difficult to be followed or obeyed, thus bringing oppression and discouragement to the people. About those leaders, Jesus himself quotes him, quotes then in Matthew 23, that they tied up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. And third, which is correctly, label and have, sorry, label and have laden, laden are directly associated with sin and its consequence. Sin brings consequence. This point fits with the, the reason that Jesus Christ came to this world. That is to save his people from their sin and its eternal consequence. The entire Bible confirms this. And why do I say that? Because the coming of the Son of God shows us the Father's purpose to save his people. Jesus' death and resurrection assures us that God's justice was satisfying. Therefore, those people will recognize their sins, need, and miseries, and they will run toward to the Savior, toward the Savior. We cannot lose sight of the fact that the mission of Jesus, when he came into this world, was not to set us free from political will, economic crisis, social problems, or racial issues, and so on. He came to save us from our sins. Remember what the angel Gabriel said to Mary when he announced the birth of Jesus and his purpose in Matthew 1.21. That the Bible says that Mary would, be, would bear a son and that she would call his name Jesus because he would save his people from their sins. Brothers and sisters, let's not forget our biggest problem is sin. And only Jesus has the power to save us from our sins. For this reason, Jesus has the authority to call and ordain sinners to come to him. Notice this. Jesus Christ didn't say, okay, okay, come to religion and become a good person. Or come to the morally upright life. Come to build a life of merit before God to be saved. No. I said no in Portuguese, but no, right? No. Jesus said, come to me. Other might say, okay, but I have many sins, Pastor. I have many sins. I'm all dirty with sin. And let me, let me first clear myself. Let me do something about my sins. And then I will. Listen carefully. You and I will never be able to clean ourselves. There is no such power in us. There is no such power in us. Have you sinned? Come to Jesus. Are you broken because of your sins? Come to Jesus. Do you not know what to do? Come to Jesus. 
Jesus is the answer for your soul. This is the reason he says, Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden. Keep this in mind. Jesus didn't come to fix us. Nor to improve our nature. He came to save us. He came to give us a new life, a new nature in him. Brothers and sisters, as Jesus did, we need to do as well. Let us preach this gospel. Let us proclaim this truth. Because only God in Christ Jesus can bring sinners to repentance. This will, this will happen through the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For this reason, we need to keep proclaiming this invitation as Jesus did. Look at what the Bible says in John 7. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsty, let him come to me and drink him. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Those who God set apart before the foundation of the world will come to Jesus through the preaching of the gospel. God has established the means by which he will call his people, that is, through the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So then, let us preach. Let us proclaim. Let us share the gospel. Because God will gather his people. Because these people will be led by God to salvation through Jesus Christ. No one will be able to hear that voice unless he's first regenerate by, by the word of the Lord. That's why the Bible says in John 6.45, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And look at the Bible says in John 6. All that the Father gives, gives me will come to me. Come. And whoever comes to me comes again. I will never cast out. Can you see how Trinitarian... I tried to say this word, guys. Can you see how Trinitarian the call to salvation is? You can see the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit are involved in this marvelous action. Therefore, let us proclaim to everyone, every single person, when you have an opportunity and say there is no salvation in no other name, only the name of Jesus Christ. Let us say, come to Jesus. We learn about come, the second verb. Now, take, the verse say, take my yoke upon you. Second order, take. Take what? His yoke. Yoke. What is yoke? <laughs> Jesus, Jesus was using the metaphor of a yoke, which was already proverbial among them for the first listeners. It could be fitted into two realities. First, the yoke was a common Jewish metaphor for, dis for discipline or obligation, especially about the service of the law. That, that, the, that phrase was rabbinical, rabbinical, 
which would be used by the doctors of the law when they instructed their disciples to take a posture of submission before the commandments and thus obey them. Second, that expression was used also to express a, to express piece of you wood used to pair two animals for the same work which harmonize two animals together that would serve to plow the land or pull a heavy car. So, we could say that the yoke would be used to dominate someone to do something. In general, we speak. Look at the Bible says in Galatians 5.1. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Having said that, the important question should be, which master are you serving now? Because depend on the master you are serving, it will be possible to see if your yoke is light or heavy. It is clear from the test what Jesus commands to his people. Drop that yoke and take mine. Once we heard this call, the next step is to take the yoke of Jesus in place of the yoke of sin. The order, the order is simple. Let us leave the weight of sin which slaves us to take the sweet and love yoke of Jesus. To take means to assume the position for which you were called by God. Stop carrying what you can't carry. Every follower of Jesus is required to surrender to God. Through the preaching of Jesus, these people, which are called as a little children, will notice their condition. That is, they are sinners and they cannot bear their sins because are too heavy. For those who have not yet taken the yoke of Jesus, let me tell you this. Stop believing that you can hold and care your sins. You might even say, I'm strong. I can do this. No, you can't. In real life, there is no wonder woman. In real life, there is no Iron Man. I like watch those, those marvels, but in real life, they don't exist. Do you know what really exists? There are only men and women broken by sin. If you are fighting this fight, stop fighting. This fight, you and I will never win. Even though we want to maintain our appearance and keep saying that everything is fine, everything is fine. Oh, everything is perfect. No, don't worry. I'm fine. No, you are not. 
When you talk about sin, we need to know that we cannot deal with it by ourselves. Because the weight of sin will bring us down. Pull us down until hell. But listen to the good news. God sent his son. Jesus Christ. If you heard the voice of Jesus through the scriptures. Take his yoke upon you. And surrender all to Christ Jesus. Not tomorrow. But today. Right now. And give him the weight of your sins. And take his yoke. The reason we take his yoke yoke is found in verse 30. For the Bible says in the verse 30, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is not a rabbinical teacher who orders his disciples to obey law. Do this, do that. Indeed, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Master, perfectly obeyed the law, the law of God on our behalf. And now we can, under the power of the Holy Spirit, follow in his footsteps. Not to be saved, but because we were saved by by God, by grace, and by faith alone. And on the walk, Jesus shared his yoke with us. Once we answer God's call, we are called to take his yoke. It is not a conditional language. Remember this. It is an order. Take it. After hearing his call. After hearing, hearing, hearing his call. And having taken his yoke. Now we, let, we have a long journey of learning with our precious Lord Jesus Christ. Let us learn now the last point. Learn from me. We need to know, we need to pay attention to two things here. First, according to the verse 26 before chapter 11, it was the gracious of, the gracious will of God that revealed this to his little children. There was a gracious will of God. Second, when the Bible says to reveal this to the, to the little children or little ones, that doesn't mean contrast of an aesthetic standard standards between the big and the small, the adult and child, the rich and the poor, the intellectual or the simple one, or any social social position. But this is this is the contrast between the proud and the humble. The proud does not recognize his sinful condition. But the humble recognize his sinful condition and ability to deal with sins and their consequence. When Jesus said, learn from me, what does, what does that mean? That means being a disciple of Jesus Christ. And also means embracing and obey his teachings. A disciple learns from his master. That will be a call to humility. In the Old Testament, to learn from someone means to walk, in that, to walk with that person. Remember what the Bible says in Genesis 17, when God spoke to Abraham, 
Chapter 70, verse 1. I am God Almighty. Walk before me. All that we can learn from God the Father is in Christ Jesus, his beloved Son. And Jesus gave us the Holy Scripture by which we might know God and his Son, Jesus. What a privilege, brothers and sisters. In, the several, in several moments in the Old Testament, many of the saints asked God, God, teach me. Have you read in the Psalm 20, 25 when the Bible says, make, 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 make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your path. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Psalm 34. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Psalm 86. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I might walk in your truth. Unit my heart to fear your name. In Psalm 143. Teach me to do your will. For you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. You might say, okay. But how can I learn from Jesus today? Thank you for asking. That's a great question. Today we might learn from Jesus Christ, from the Lord, our Savior, through the preaching of the word. We have the personification of God's teaching in the person of Jesus Christ. When we study the Bible, we learn from Jesus. When we read the Bible during our devotional time, we learn from Jesus. Yes, this is the way that we learn from Jesus. Through his holy written word. And we also learn through the administration of the sacraments, baptism, and the Lord's Supper are the tangible and visible preaching of the Word of God. And we should not forget that we might learn also the communion of the saints, where we can apply the teachings of Jesus Christ, such as love, patience, forgiveness, generosity, and so on. Why should we be excited to learn from the Lord Jesus? Because Jesus said, brothers and sisters, for I am, not me, but Jesus, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Two things. First, he is gentle and lowly in heart. That indicates a learning process. The Lord is teaching and leading us as a father leads a child in his first steps. I have to tell you, brothers, when I meditate on Christ Jesus, among many things that I have observed in the life of my Lord Jesus, is his humility. That broke me. That break broke me. That break me like deeply. This truth has been so empowering and encouraging me in my Christian walk. 
Look what the Bible says about Jesus. Being God, he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Remember Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection. Remember when he remember he was born and Mary and Joseph didn't find a place for them. Jesus was born and stayed in a place among the animals. In addition, they tried to kill him when he was a newborn. He was despised, despised by his friends. His disciple, disciples betrayed him, being sold by a friend. And even know that he would deny by one of his closest friends, he said that he would pray for him. Being the just one, he was treated as a criminal. He was silent before his oppressions as slanderous. He was punished for the sins that he didn't commit. He carried a heavy cross. He was condemned to death. He was killed and buried. The king of the universe went through all these things. But on the third day, he rose again from death. Later, he entered into heaven. And today, he is sitting at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. Therefore, he can teach us the path of the truth, perseverance, obedience, and humility. For he went through it all. We can learn from him. We can learn from him how we can glorify God, the Father, and enjoy him forever. Because he's gentle and lowly in heart. We can take his yoke and we can, and we can learn from him. Second, Jesus said, and, do, and you will find rest for your souls. The consequence is that this expression, we will receive his help from God as a refreshment. That is what the Greek word for rest also means in this passage. Some claim that the word rest in this verse related to eternal rest that God has prepared for his people. And others understand it as just a small doses of rest during the Christian walk. A refreshment until we reach the final rest. In fact, we need both. Because our journey here is long and difficult. Sometimes in some situations. And we need encouragement to finish our race with with the certainty that at the end of it we will have eternal rest together with our kinder God and Father. Today is the Lord's day. We rest and learn more from his word. But all that is a preparation for the great day where forever we'll be with our Savior Jesus Christ who saved us from our sins. He who is the true rest for the soul of man.
For these reasons, Jesus said, Come to me, and I will give you rest. Have you already found rest in Jesus? Brothers and sisters, because of God's power, we came, we took, and we have learned from Jesus. Now we can say, our soul soul has already found rest in Jesus. Let us pray. Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus Christ that you apply your word in our hearts and help us. Help us, Jesus. I ask you in Jesus' name, Father. Amen.